Hey, this is Alec. Hey, this is Samir. And this is Beyond the Beats, a podcast about EDM news and culture. Welcome to episode 61. Let's get it. EDM champions, welcome to episode 61. It is fantastic to be with you all today, coming in through your ear canals, wherever you may be, probably staying at home. Stay home, unless you're exercising. That's okay. Every jogger now and then is okay. But I shall go away from my tangent there and I will dive right into some amazing, amazing new music. We've got LSB doing a remix of a track called Parallel. Get ready to get your liquid DB dancing shoes on. Let's get this. I've been wondering by words we left untold. How things could have been to be watching them unfold. Have you fucking love you man like this is this is so great like this is exactly the kind of dmb that i absolutely love man it's ah, it's a journey from beginning absolutely. to end and like i think sometimes when people think about dmb they really think about like festival dnb and right. how aggressive and like energetic it can be mm-hmm. but i feel like people just fail to realize how beautiful and sort of melodic and like the way it just kind of carries you through the track like i think people can really forget the beautiful side of dmb and this track perfectly exemplifies that dude you got to get more of this onto the show like i want to hear more dmb on the show i'm sure the edm champions are probably getting very interested in dmb especially with the boom that we're having here yeah absolutely man i mean i really would hope so it's it's a boom for a reason it's for a good reason but i feel like liquid hasn't really come over to the US at all yet. You kind of are just seeing your jump up artists. You got some progressive DMB with people like Culture Shock, Dimension, Wilkinson now getting popularity in the US. However, you haven't seen any real liquid uh, come over yet. And I think it might confuse people when they first listen to it, right? They're like, this is DMB. Yeah. It's it's so smooth. Like a lot of liquid is all about what they call like the rollers, right? So it's just rolling beats really, really smooth. Um, and you see a lot of that in liquid and it's just that chill jazz influence in there too right the vocals are also just really spiritual very essential really uplifting and so it's it's definitely a different type of drum and bass that not everybody 
uh, would necessarily enjoy, but it's always something I feel like you could just you can just have on. Like everybody can appreciate a good liquid DMB track, right? Even if they're not about to go and rage to it or dance to it, but they can certainly appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. I am really, really all in on this one, man. So thank you so much for putting this on our radar. Like, I really just want to hear more of this kind of music, especially like, especially with the sun coming out. You know what I mean? Like, people, you know, you're not, you're not going to festivals. Sorry, folks. We're not going to festivals this year, right? So what's the next best thing? You know what? Go into your backyard, crack open a nice can of White Claw, or if you're Alec, a can of Truly, and just soak up the sun rays and throw on some liquid DMB, baby, as you drink that nice cold seltzer liquid. And here is what we're talking about this week. First off, we got some new music from the likes of Disclosure, Umek, Big Wild, and many, many more. Of course, we got some fire tracks for some new music from the artists that we're watching, and that includes people like Duke and Jones. They just released an EP on Dead Beats. We Oof. got Tenebrax back in the mix. Oof. We got Imanu. We oh, got all man. this heat, all this quality music, and that's why you guys keep on returning back to Beyond the Beats, and that's why we love you guys. All right, so now peep this in the news and culture section. We're talking about how social distancing measures are still in effect here in the U.S., and restrictions are starting to ease up around the world, and guess what? We just got our first social distanced dance party at a club in germany we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit and then hey did you guys peep uh virtual edc let's talk about some of our favorite sets alec and i got to go into that you guys let us know what you guys enjoyed and then check this out goldman sachs is making some pretty bold predictions they're predicting that the music industry will double in value Ooh. by the end of 2030 all right. So right now we seem to be in a bit of a lull, but let's talk about what's going to happen uh, to the end of the next decade. Okay. And then of course we got the anti-plur moment. I, you know what? I just, I don't know why people, why big name DJs do this, but I'm about to rip into them. And then we got the, what are we listening to section? We got all Reheldens. And of course we got the brand new dead mouse track that he did with the Neptunes. If you guys don't know who the Neptunes are, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And then of course, of course we have the artists that we're watching. All right. Alec has a pick. I have a pick. You already know what's about to go down here on Beyond the Beats, but back to the top, Alec. Where are we starting with some new music? Oh, man. We're going to kick this off with Disclosure. They came out with a track called Energy, kind of keeping in par with a little bit of the retro theme that they've been going for recently. I was about this song, man. I thought this was a really kind of funky, groovy song uh, that you definitely dance to. How about you? Dude, absolutely loved this song from disclosure and retro is the perfect way to put it and speaking of retro alec i want you to go ahead and get your record player out okay take this uh vinyl that i just sent to you and pop this bad boy in ladies and gentlemen this is disclosure's new track energy take a listen where your focus goes your energy flows are you hearing me Giving me some energy, man. Giving me some energy to move around. That's what this song does to me. This is just, it's really a nice theme. I think it's going on across the board in house music right now where you've got people giving appreciation and honor back to the older sounds. And certainly Disclosure has been doing a good job of that. Absolutely agreed. I cannot wait for some new Disclosure tracks. Like this is such a fun direction for them. So you know what? This is exactly the kind of music that we need right now. High energy, upbeat, and it gets you moving. 
Next one, Alec. I was a little bit shocked to see this one on the show notes, but I'm glad that you put it on here because I'm pumped up on this. Take out your tape deck, flip it over to side A, and I want you to pop this track in. Let's talk about it in a little bit. First of all, this is closey winter is coming. Secondly, Samir, why do you think, why were you shocked that this was on there? I am a big fan of closey actually. And so I'm all about all of the music and certainly am about this track. You know, I, it, it's not that I was shocked that it was on here because it is a really, really high quality song. And I, and I know closey is getting bigger and bigger. I just feel like we haven't talked about closey in a long time. So that's why I was a little, I was surprised to see it uh, here. I guess, you know, I listened, she hasn't been releasing too much music. I think that that's why I actually keep quite close tabs on what closey has been up to. And she hasn't done too, too much. So um, in, in terms of her releasing her own music. So she seems to be back into the studio, which is very nice. It's very good for all the closey lovers out there. Uh, myself included so I'm, I'm very much about this song i thought the the way that she incorporates dubstep at times into her tracks is really really interesting and she certainly she's got this hybrid of trap with some like dubstep elements in there which i think is a really really neat thing and obviously throwing in some oriental elements and different sounds she's a very very yeah. musical person she really understands the rhythm and the melodies that she's trying to go for and i think this track was a a perfect culmination of that so once again that is closey's brand new song winter is coming you know i i, I just want to quickly say like i w- were there some game of thrones elements in there because i w- i could have yes. sworn that i was hearing some reigns of castamere melodies yes, in, in this track did. but i wasn't exactly sure <laughs> no i'm pretty sure that's what was going on there so well done <laughs> yeah, good catch on that. i completely I forgot to mention that yeah you did get it well done gold star for you thank you man i appreciate that all right let's talk about this next one alec okay and uh you know what dude get out get out of your studio drive over to an abandoned warehouse and go ahead and blast this song for us over here because we got Umek with his brand new Predator EP and what you're about to hear right now is one of the two tracks and it's called Predator. Take a listen. Man, this is just a predator. Is honestly the one that got me onto the CP. I saw it in the you know the the Spotify list they do on on your radar, right? New releases from this week, but yeah, this this first of all, the EP is fantastic with with punishing. I thought it's a really funny right. name. What does that even mean? Like I, I was like. <laughs> Is it is it like a drug reference? Like, what are we talking about here? I that, have that's, I was like no clue. Regardless, if you ignore the names of them both, I think you will just be enamored with the tracks. It's, this is just classic Umek, isn't it? I mean, he just gets oh. in hard pounding techno. Just it will lift your spirit out of your soul on that four a.m. All lights out, just the DJ up there blasting some Umek. That's just gonna lift your soul out of yourself. Every single track that he drops. It's it's just an absolute banger. Like there, like no one song of his I feel like that we've talked about here on the show 
has been bad. Like I've I've literally I, enjoyed I, every single one of his agree. releases, man. Oh man, so yeah, big big fan of of uh, of Umek there. But Alec, get out of that warehouse. Just get out of there, okay? And drive over to an open field of flowers, okay? And frolic through it because I got this next one for you and I'm very excited to be talking about it. Take a listen. So that was Big Wild with their track Touch. And yeah, this is something that you do want to go and just vibe out to. It's one of those where you're just chilling, having a good time, hanging out with good friends. This is the song that you would want to pick. And it's the song that you remember for those type of moments. And I feel like Big Wild does that to a lot of different people with all the tracks. How about you, man? What do you feel about this? Alec, you know that I'm a massive fan of Big Wild and his album Super Dream is still one of my absolute favorite finds from last year. I was super excited that my girlfriend and I got to check out his Super Dream show at his tour stop in New York City for our anniversary last year. So Big Wild has always had a very, very special place in my heart because I absolutely love that album from beginning to end. And this this release, a follow-up to that album, Touch, Incredible. dude, yeah. he just continues the good vibes and he is so freaking talented he is such a good singer man he really is and he just lifts your spirits so i'm so happy that he released this and uh dude i'm i just i can't wait for some more big wild music so all right alec what what great uh new music that we just had there that was awesome of course we always do and we've got even more even more great music but first if you want to check those out get the links to it okay if you can't do it on your podcasting app you get a link on the apple podcast not on Spotify so much, so definitely head over to www.beyondthebeats.co. That's www.beyondthebeats.co. You can also give us a follow on Instagram. That's at btb.pod. Or you can follow us on Twitter and get your angry tweets out at us, right? If you have something bad to say about Samir's anti-plur, go ahead and say, I dare <laughs> thee. I don't know if I'm going to regret this, but I dare the Twitter verse to go ahead. So find us at podbtb. Okay. We have to kick this off with Duke and Jones. Just came out with an EP called Solace. Okay. This is the new music from artists we're watching section, of course. Samir, I think this is just capping off. Apparently, this took two years to make. It's capping off their incredible rise to stardom. I don't know the last time you've checked how many followers they have now. It's pretty it's pretty amazing to see. I, I have not checked in some time, but not, I know so. that those guys are just growing like crazy. Alec, give me the number because I know I can see your smile on your face right now. So I'm, I'm sure you got the number for me. I do. I do. Okay. So on Spotify, in terms of monthly listeners, they've got 740,216. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That is amazing. Good for them. That's amazing. It's pretty incredible to see how, how quickly... Uh, they have just risen through the ranks. And so this EP, I think for them, I believe I saw something somewhere that said took about two years to complete. Fact check me if I'm wrong on that. I think uh, that's correct though. They've been working on it for two years. So this is just really capping off the cherry on top of their rise to stardom. And I think they're just they're entering 
a new level. I mean, they've outgrown this section. <laughs> to be perfectly I, honest, I, I have to agree with you, Alec. I was just thinking to myself, like, we got to move them from the new music from artists that we're watching to new music. There's still an artist that we're watching, it's the but Mama these guys, I made like, it section. There you go, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. What's going on? Dude, four tracks released on Deadbeats. I think that them placing these EPs and these releases on labels like Deadbeats just goes to show you like how how much of a next level that these guys truly Huge. are on right now. And look, they really deserve it. These guys have just been pumping out absolutely quality tunes, so we're incredibly happy for them. But we got four tracks, Detox, VHS, Recoil, Surrender. Alec, if you had to pick one that we'll play on the show, which one is it going to be? Ooh, I think I'm going to put on vhs for people just put on a good old classic alec i'm gonna pop in this track for you over here when the track is done please remember to rewind the tape before returning it <laughs> take a listen Yeah, man, this this track just goes hard, doesn't it? It's one of those ones where you're just like, you got an awful looking face on you. You just you don't want to be photographed Stanky. or pictured with that face on the drop. Maybe with Samir, it looks better than your standing current face, but you know that face after <laughs> a you, nasty dude. drop. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, <laughs> moving on quickly from that, what did you what did you think of this, dude? I really really enjoy this EP. Uh, Detox and VHS are definite standouts for me. I thought the last track, Surrender, was a bit more laid back, a bit more chill, which is really nice. And, you know, we were talking about this offline, but I feel like we're seeing more artists do this kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Where mm -hmm. the last track in an EP tends to be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more laid back. And it's really nice. It's a really cool way to kind of cap off the EP. But Duke Jones, quality, quality, quality. And that's what you're going to get from them. So I'm really pumped up on this. Absolutely. Please, everyone, check them out. Join the mass following they've got now because I tell you, you won't be disappointed. I just cannot wait until I can see them live one day. Hopefully, soon. yeah, those guys eventually they'll be they'll be gracing. I think they're just bigger uh, in, uh, festival in Europe lineups. right now. Like, I mean, I know they're getting bigger in the U.S., but I mean, anyway, that's a whole topic of conversation. I won't get into <laughs> that tangent. I will stop myself. Right. Okay, we've got Tenebrax. All right, this is a. He's he hasn't been on the pod for a while, has he? I, when was the last time? It's it's been a while. It's been a long been time. A I can't even remember what episode it was that I featured him as. But we've of course he's the guy, the mid tempo guy that you want to go see if you're in Russia. Okay, I believe that's where he's from. You've got his new track that's called right. Observer. What do you think of the Smith? Oh, Alec. Oh my God. Tenebrax, what he really, what I think he really did well with this song is he really created this aura, like this he really kind did. of haunting aura. And I was like, all right, tonight I'm sleeping with the lights on, okay? I have a nightlight on. I mean, I'm not going to sleep with the lights off. So, you know what? He really accomplished that effectively. And uh, guys, before you go to bed, make sure you turn this track on. What you're about to hear is Observer by Tenebrax. Take a listen.
feel like this is the type of track that if you were not a mid-tempo, darker sound type of fan and you came across a small stage at a festival that was playing this and you saw all the people dancing to it, this would be the song that would just be like, you know what, I'm not going to be a dancer to this. I'm just going to be an observer. I'm going to sit back and yeah. just look at all of this stuff going on because it's creepy, it's weird, but there's for some strange reason you like it. You know, it's one of those ones where it's like, I enjoy how kind of hellacious i guess this is you know it makes you feel like you're in this like dark place right it really creates an aura around it and i think it's it's very well done it's very artistic very well done hellacious is such a great way to put that man i don't think i've ever heard that word before in my life but i've never I, heard hellacious you, if something is hellacious I, I don't think i i don't think i ever have you know it's so funny um after we did the episode with Anthony, you know, uh, last week, he yeah. said he, he was like, well, was he born with like a dictionary or like <laughs> he has a whole dictionary in his head? And like, I completely agree, dude. Like some of these words you say, I'm just like, all right, quick Oxford dictionary. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, Tenebrax really, you. really knocked it out of the park with this one. Of course, Tenebrax really knocked it out of the park with this one. So you guys, if you like that darker mid-tempo vibe, Rez-esque vibe, you got to follow him because he's just about to blow the frick up. I know. Next one, Alec. I know. He really is. What are we talking about? Oh, this is another artist I featured a little bit more recently. We're going to go back to the D&B world more specifically for this one. So halftime, alrighty. It is, of course, Imanu, all caps. Put some respect on that name and make sure you're jotting it down. Put it into your Spotify, your SoundCloud, wherever have you. You better give this man a follow because he is just going to blow your mind. This track is called Bloom. Take a listen to it. Absolutely amazing track I'm glad from Ivanu, like man. I, oh my god. I don't know, dude. I don't know how DMB could have so many different subgenres and like each like the structure of DMB is pretty much the same, right? It's like the Yeah, except for right? this so except got, for this type. Yeah. How, how did he do this? Like how did he take that sort of sound and like break it apart, you know, and I just don't know. He just really created I mean, a completely quite, different vibe. Quite literally half in it. Like you just put, a, you know, yeah. you half it, right? But what he's able to do is he blends in multiple different styles. So it's not just half time, right? Like if you notice yeah. in some of the drops there, he's adding in an additional faster element there. And I think that's what's amazing about him is he is just somebody that can come up with all this. Now I can confidently say, okay, I mean, unless he's completely hiding it, this is all of the, his music is originals. It is him doing it. And I'm pretty sure he does it from 
you know, start to finish because you go to the credits. There's never anyone else on the credits. Like it's his name, like his <laughs> actual name. Yeah. Like in produced and written by on Spotify, right? So I, because I, I had to see, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, is there no one helping him with some of this stuff? There might be, I don't know, but it's not listed, but he, he's listed himself as it. And I can see why apparently he's just an incredibly creative person. Uh, he's very inspiring in that regard, apparently to work with too, just from uh, forums and things I've seen about producers talk about coming across him. He's just somebody he's yeah. out there really changing the DNB scene. I mean, he he really is. He's he's paved the way for a whole new integrated style of halftime and neuro and tech. He's just got this whole yeah. combination of things going. So it's it's unbelievable. Fantastic. Thank you so much for putting a Manu on our radar. I, I absolutely love that guy. And I'm just loving all this DMB that we're getting on the show, man. This is really, really good stuff. Or or halftime, I should say, for in Amanu's case. So Thank you for that. Alec, there's there's some pretty interesting things happening around the world right now, I feel like, my friend. Uh, let's go Let's go over to Germany, okay? And uh, I'm not getting on a plane. I'm not getting on a plane anytime soon. So I guess we're just going to canoe across the ocean and head over to Germany. <laughs> what, what's going on over there? Man, you've got the first social distancing club night. Who would have thought about that, man? I mean, already, the Germans, I, I swear, they're always trying to be on the cutting edge of how to party. I don't know. I mean, if you remember, yeah. they did the first ever drive-in rave, right? Yeah. Carnage is like, right, I'm taking our idea, bringing it to North America. <laughs> Germans are like, we've already been there, done that, mate. Yeah, We're moving yeah. on, okay? It, it, I love the picture on the, in the MixMag article. Shout out to them for excellent coverage of this, as always, as you would expect with MixMag. Um, but if you look the picture on it, I love it. Like They've got little circles, designated circles for people that are six feet away from each other. I think it's just so funny. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. It's really interesting. They've received some backlash for this party happening. They've re- they've received some praise for this happening. Like it really seems like the overall general general reaction is it's pretty split, right? Yeah. But you know, one would hope that people are really taking the effective measures to party safely. I really like how they drew out these circles on the dance floor, like you just mentioned, six feet away from each other. Everybody is wearing a face mask, which I think is really, really great. Bartenders have shields. They've got the shields up on them, right? You know, that's another thing. Sorry, just to throw that in there. No, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen the shield here on, here on this one woman. So there you go with that. But I was watching some videos from this event and it really does seem like people are staying true and holding true to their space. Like they're not getting into each other's spaces. So, you know, leave it to the Germans to really find a really innovative way to keep the dance party alive, man. I think this is really cool. They, they always are on the cutting edge. And you mentioned a very good point about how, despite this as being a very innovative, creative way to do it, it seems like uh, from all accounts that I have seen that they have successfully done so, right? Because they're also limiting the amount of people uh, that they're entering so it's mm-hmm. not like they're, it's not like a regular club where you're jam-packed in but they're like okay here are these little yeah. circles okay no it's not like it's a, a jammed out you know sold out club like no they, they they were smart with that but i have to ask you man how do you feel about this because i am torn on quite yeah. a few different levels here about how i feel see I, I think when it comes to people being on the dance floor right i feel i actually feel safer to be on the dance floor then I would feel safer, like if I'm looking at this picture, to be in the back towards like the sandy beach area that they have set up, uh, where they have these picnic tables. Like you can see, people are getting a little bit closer there when they're sitting on those picnic tables. I'd be concerned more about using restrooms and standing in line for the restrooms or standing in line for the bar. Because look, if you're going to consume something, you still have to remove the face mask as well, right? So luckily, like 
while people are on the dance floor, we see folks wearing the face mask, which is always great to see. But if somebody's going to go to the bar, they have to remove their mask in order to consume a food or a beverage. So if you look at this article here, it says that the tickets for the event cost 70 euros and it included drink vouchers and something to eat from the venue's kitchen. So you know that people were taking their face masks off in order to consume beverages and food. So that's what gets me a little bit worried because when you, as soon as you take off your face mask, you're kind of nullifying the point of even wearing one at that point. I'm so torn, man, because... I know. What One part of me says that, you know, at least they're taking initiative and trying to bring things back to normalcy, but in a way that's still safe, right? Like for more regards, it seems like right. they've done everything that they've could. But I think that begs the question, is it really possible to have within a, uh, a realm of acceptance, a safe party night and atmosphere even just in general, right? Like, is that even possible to do if you're trying to completely minimize any risk or at least, you know, to 80% to a degree of certainty, minimize risk of transmission. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, Alec, like you and I really, we, we're not too well aware of what the infection rates and mortality rates are like right now in Germany, right? At least I, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head. Yeah. I so for all that we know, it could be much, much safer over there than it is here in the US. And I well, know, definitely you know, like you've is. talked about- I could tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, Europe is definitely- I really should have looked more at the numbers beforehand. Perhaps we'll do that next week. But from overview of overview of the numbers, it looks like Europe is starting to get out of it quicker and faster than we have. And that is generally, I'm not so much sure about Germany, but generally people have been, uh, you know, the UK has not done a good job, too much of a good job either, but other countries have done yeah. a, a much more strict lockdown. So I think that they are, they might be starting to see things open up so perhaps that's that's a very good point man maybe that is a reason why they feel more comfortable doing it um i, I think it's just difficult though because it's still we, we just don't really know i think that's the problem right like we could talk about yeah flattening the curve you know it, hopefully their testing is up to a point where they could make such a decision like that where they really do feel like they're flattening the curve but then also it could be too early just in the sense of do you that that next wave that will come are you spurring it yeah. on a little bit faster had you not given it say two more weeks where you couldn't do something like this like a uh, you know two weeks actually makes a very big difference right now especially as you get towards the end right i mean it really does so i do wonder if we're all kind of like are we going two weeks early who knows i mean we yeah. just have to wait and see that's that's, that's the, the golden question I, one thing i really liked about what this article said here is the intent of the event is to and i quote here send a sign of life, end quote, to the dance community. And I really think it did just that. While this may not be the perfect solution, and while drive-in raves, like we've talked about on last week's episode, may not be the perfect solution, it's really cool to see that people are trying to find ways to keep the live dance music experience alive, right? To breathe some new air into it, and, and to it really needs it right now at this point, especially people are hurting at, on every single sector of the live entertainment industry and the dance music scene has really been hit hard. But I hope we still continue to see some sort of innovation that maybe even takes these procedures that this club here did in Germany to the next level. Like what, what would be a better way to make this a safer experience for attendees? In my opinion, I mean, look, I, I understand that people want to drink and that, that they want to eat, but removing your face mask is really like it's not the best thing to to do and like while the crowd is drastically reduced it's really like if you guys look at these pictures there's really not that many people at the club but the face mask is probably one of the most pivotal pieces of it and removing it you know on and off on and off is probably the worst thing that you could be doing with it when you're at 
not a packed event, but at an event with people that you are not usually in contact with. I, I would agree with that, man. And it, that this is exactly why I'm torn, you see, because I feel like they've actually done probably one of, if not the best job that they could. Yeah. That's why I don't want to be completely down about this because I think totally. this is a good sign that it's like, if you are going to do this, if you, you know, and we are allowing this to happen uh, more increasingly, so there, ha there is going to be a time where more people will have a choice or the ability to do it. Do it correctly. Do it to the best that you can. And it seems like these these people over in Munster have done just that they've done just that i think they've done everything they could within realm of reason to make this as safe as possible and as you said to me that part of the problem is respiratory infections particularly this one it is very very uh easily transmitted so it's going to be very difficult to you're just going to have to accept that there is go always going to be a you know possible risk of transmission absolutely man that's that's the perfect way to put it you know just take the precautions that are necessary and let's continue to innovate let's continue to find new ways to connect and to party because i'm ready to hit the freaking dance floor alec okay i can't take it anymore like today i was actually supposed to be at an all Heldens event uh, oh, at the brooklyn nice. mirage yeah yeah to, to celebrate my memorial day weekend but you know what the dance floor will be there i'll get back to it this booty will be shaken real soon <laughs> oh god of course it will Alec, you know what? Speaking of uh, speaking of booty shaking, speaking of the dance floor, I turned my basement into a virtual dance floor. I'm sure you turned your apartment into a virtual dance floor, and uh, we enjoyed the EDC Las Vegas virtual raveathon. Man, I, I tell you what, it was really fun watching the live stream with you know you and some other members of our EDC Vegas group that were supposed to go this year during the days that we were actually supposed to be in Las Vegas like it was a bit bittersweet as we were not actually all together you know yep. experiencing probably one it's of the different. best festivals that that is put on anywhere in the world but Insomniac did not disappoint with this lineup that they put together for their EDC Las Vegas virtual raveathon this shit was nuts it was crazy it was insane the amount of work that was clearly put into it. So hats off to Pascal. Uh, I'm sure everyone has been saying that in the industry recently, but it's it's definitely well deserved. I, I found it really funny how even just with the, you know, they had like that tunnel set up, right? For the people who I guess were local to LA, they came in and played live in front of them and stuff. And I thought just everything was done superbly and they made it. This was definitely the closest feeling to a festival like being at a festival oh, yeah. stage or watching a festival that you could possibly feel given. I think they just, did, they did a superb job of it. I haven't seen anyone top it in terms of the production quality and how it was coming off. I just, I just don't know how they do these amazing setups for their virtual streams, but they're, they're always so well done. And I mean, Pasquale really turned the, the Insomniac headquarters in Beverly Hills, California into like a multiple stage sort of festival you know you had your main stage you know you had a stage that kind of in my opinion mimicked that of circuit grounds right i felt like one of the stages mimicked uh, quantum valley really well and then of course if the artist was not mm. able to actually get to the insomniac headquarters they had these djs and these performers you know live stream from either like their home country or their home state uh alec tell me like who were some of your favorite artists from this from this live stream I, I think you watched a little bit more of this live stream than i did because you West know Coast, as it would baby. hit like i know as it would hit like 2 30 or 3 in the morning u.s time i was like all right i can't stay up like this anymore i have to go to bed so alec tell me who were some of your favorite acts well i have to give 
a first shout out to Chris Lorenzo. He had I knew awesome say that. I, yeah. I, I knew that you knew I was going to say that. <laughs> he had it. That first day, that fr- that Friday was such a good day. Love all the, ha- you know, the house heads really got their piece of action there. I mean, Charmy, I thought crushed it. Zoo as well. I thought Zoo did. A- did you like the Zoo set, by the way? I did. I really, I liked the whole aesthetic of it. Um, a lot of people always say that Zoo is house. I don't know if I yeah, necessarily I, agree I with that. I wouldn't say that all the time. No, yeah. he, he, I think he has house tracks, some of them. Yeah, but he's yeah. not necessarily yeah. house. No, I, I wouldn't say that either. But nonetheless, I mean, the guy really does put together a pretty amazing experience. Like, I really like the whole VCR-esque sort of old school look. It was really, yes. really cool. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily like a live set. It was definitely something that was more pre-recorded. And you could definitely tell oh, if you guys man, want to go I'm and so rewatch it. I'm so upset about that. I'm so angry about it. Oh, shut the <laughs> hell up, dude. Shut up. But, you know, nonetheless, I thought Zoo really did an amazing job. Chris Lorenzo completely agreed. When he ended with introspective, I was like, oh, man, that was amazing. this guy. That was amazing. Yeah. Other people that I thought did really well. I mean, Zed's Dead, I thought, had an awesome set. You know, they played some house in nice. there as well. Um, Zed's Dead was definitely a good one. Oliver Heldens, of course, had a good set. Wasn't my favorite of his sets, but I definitely thought yeah, it was a good agreed. one. Uh, you went up I thought the visuals one. were amazing though. Oh, visuals. <laughs> the visuals are amazing. Come on. He's a wacky guy. He's a wacky one, isn't he? For the EDM champions who don't know, Oliver Held is, yeah, he's definitely a very wacky dude. You can tell that in his music and you can definitely tell that in his visuals. For this particular set, he was kind of like an, in an underwater aquarium sort of <laughs> setting and the fish that would float by had the heads of big name DJ. So like DJ Snake, the Chainsmokers, Calvin Harris, Afrojack, Eric Prince was one of them. It was just absolutely hilarious. It's really, dude. Yeah, he's a interesting, he's a character. Let's say that. He's definitely he a really character. Um, in terms of other people, I would say you didn't get to see this person, but Subtronics, I thought, just smashed it. Man, he smashed it. That was <laughs> such an awesome fucking set to, to listen to. I thought he did a great job of that. Um, I've got a couple other, I'll, a few other people I'll pick out here before I hand it back to you. Unfortunately, I haven't seen all of the other people. Um, definitely wanted to catch some people, but I did catch on Saturday. I caught, you know, Marla, I thought was really good. I thought he had a good one. Benny Banasi, he had that old, I just loved it. What a fantastic set there. Cascade even too. Dude. He came in and crushed it. Fuck the haters who are not about Benny Banasi's old school set. Fuck the haters, man. Are the people saying that? Yeah, dude. If you, I mean, look, the YouTube live chats for these things are always so toxic and I hate, you know, you know, one thing I hate about YouTube live streams are like just the constant ridiculous bullshit comments, but Dude, the hate the hate on the on the Benny Benassi set from that from that squad. It's not everybody, obviously, but you gotta you gotta give respect to Benny Benassi. He is such a great guy. Like his music taste, his sets are always so much fun. I've I loved his set. Yeah, I'm dude. not sure why people wouldn't have been about that. I I see. I watched it on my. I use the YouTube app on the PlayStation, and I have that on the TV, so I don't see the comments or anything. I don't get like the sh- the stream of comments. So I didn't I didn't even realize there was a negative thing Good for being you. said. Yeah. You should try it out, man. Definitely yeah, it, put it on your TV or something. Yeah, I think for the Saturday, I was like in my bed, like on my laptop, like with headphones on <laughs> watching Samir, it. Like on the Samir Friday, I was like down in my going bed. to bed. Sorry, kids. This is too late for me. I, no, I tell you what, man. I, I, let me just quickly touch base on this, right? When we're at EDC, right, and we're staying up all night, I could perfectly do that because then we sleep all throughout the day, right? But with this, this shit is going all night East Coast time, right? 
And then on top of that, I still have to wake up at a reasonable time, like 8 30, 9 a.m., and continue on with my day. So I'm only getting four so, or five hours so of sleep. Why, so why do you need to wake up that early, Samir, on the weekend? What what's the what's the... My dog annoys the hell out of me. I love him to death. But he, <laughs> he's most always like, like it's All the right. weekend. You know? No, my dog does not let me sleep in. He's a really good boy, but he does not let me sleep in. Wow, I'm sorry, Alec. I didn't mean to steal. No, I, I didn't mean to steal I your. Just, uh... I feel bad for you. That's that's terrible. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, so the other people I thought were really really good. Um, Io had a great set. He really crushed it as well. Nicole Mudabaya after him did a fantastic job. And then unfortunately, I just didn't see too too many people on Sunday. I really wished I caught. Did you catch Duke Dumont? I did. I, I did catch Duke Dumont's set, set at the beginning. Was it, what was it? It like? was a great. It was a great set. It was exactly oh, like what you wanted, especially with this new album. It was a good set, oh, dude. You damn. missed it. You should have. You, it's probably on YouTube or SoundCloud somewhere. You should definitely. Yeah, peep it. I tried. Oh, maybe it is. I'll have to find it somewhere. And then um, side piece, I thought was kind of funny. I thought they actually had a decent set. They actually did a pretty yeah. good job. Uh, I know you saw them in New York, and they weren't focusing that much on house, but they went full house with this one. David Guetta came in and played some just did you hit do you listen to that he's like future dude, rave type of sound yeah dude that david getta set was awesome anyhow i'll, I'll hand it back over to you on i've been talking a lot in this section who, who are some of the other people i'm pumped up on the passion yeah dude i i loved nightmare back-to-back ghastly i i like both of them and i really like ghastly a lot so you know i was really really enjoying that Ghastly, by the way, has gone to some Twitter beef with Carnage, which we're not going to go into because this is not a gossip podcast. Okay. But uh, so Nightmare Back to Back Ghastly was great. Uh, Chris Lorenzo completely agreed. Cloud Von Stroke set was okay to me. Like I wasn't like yeah, that big too. into it. I was enjoying it. It's a good vibe, but it was all right. It was all right for me. Chami, I thought was sick. He played from Space Miami. Great set. I, I was okay with Valentino Khan's set. Me too. I got to say though, dude. I think that Mala set from the Saturday was probably one of the best sets I've ever heard him oh, play that before. that was a good one. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great set. But by far, I got to give I gotta give my favorite set of the EDC Las Vegas virtual rave You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Ikali. 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 Oh, I need to he, watch he it. He got up on the fucking decks and he was just like, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Like, I cannot even begin to tell you how amazing that set was, dude. And he went so fucking hard. But here's the best part about that. Every single song, every single drop, every single edit was different from the other one. But I know that sometimes that could be a little bit jarring. You know, we've talked about that before We where you want some cohesion. But the way he does his mashups and his edits and the, and his track selection is truly on point where you're you're really going to be hearing a lot of new sounds that you never were thought were even possible in bass music. <laughs> but Ikali just, he just bumped it up to the next level and it is still a set that I'm revisiting because it is that great of a set. I highly encourage everybody, if you like harder this. dance music, check it out. Wow. Okay. Glowing review from Samir that I've got to check that out. You know, I'm a huge fan of Akali. I was really sad that I wasn't able to uh, make it in time to catch him because he was earlier on. I find it interesting that he plays his sets really hard when he does like festivals. I noticed that EDC too last year, he went really hard as well. So I guess that's, you know, a little bit contrary to his album and uh, that he released and dropped, but you know. No, he... He has some hard tracks on that album. He has yeah, some hard he, tracks on that album. he does, but it's not the majority. You wouldn't expect his sets to be as hard as they are, if you know what I mean. True, but I'm not saying it's like rhythm hard. No, no, I know what hard. you're saying. It's, it's, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I got you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we're Thank you, man. I just want to make sure you got me, and I've I want to make sure you, the man. EDM champions got me. Exactly. They do, they do. All right, man, wrapping off this section, the news and culture section, this week we're going to be talking about Goldman Sachs, okay? Listen up. They have predicted that by the end of the decade, okay, so we get to 2030, they're saying that the music industry is going to nearly double. That's right, double. We talked about Live Nation last week in their Q1 earnings, and it's just clear that the growth potential to do so, even just within Live Nation alone, I think is there. Um, and that's for the music industry overall, I think it's there too. But Samir, you found this article. Thank you so much for putting us on. Love it when we get to talk about some CNBC. Shout out to them for all the business news that you need. It's a pretty bold statement from Goldman Sachs to be saying something like this, right? But if we really think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think what's uh, what's really interesting here is that a lot of consumer spending is not going towards tangible things, right? Right. It's going more towards live experiences. That's why the live event space has boomed so much over these past couple of years. Obviously, 2020 is a little bit of a dud, but that makes sense with everything that's going on. But as Alec talked about in uh, in discussing Live Nation's Q1 2020 earnings, while Q1 may have been a slump. 2019 overall was, was such a strong year and that's because yeah and that's because the the demand for live events is at an all-time high but what CNBC and Goldman Sachs is really pointing out here and this number is staggering when we all, when we compare it to the amount of Facebook users right but what CNBC is talking about is that they believe that online streaming the market for online streaming will capture 1.2 billion with the B billion users by 2030. Absolutely amazing. So we're talking about people who are subscribed to services like an Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, the premium options there. But that's they're basically saying that streaming, I mean, obviously it makes sense. Streaming is not going anywhere. And by the by 2030, we will be seeing over 1.2 billion users. But Alec, let me ask you something, right? What does that mean for artists? Like, you know, you got your A-list artists, right? Who are making a shit ton of money off of people streaming their music. But what does that mean for mid-tier and below artists, right? The people who are not mm. getting millions and millions of streams on their tracks. Will, will this surge help them? Will this surge uh, of, of subscribers help them? What do you think? It'll benefit them, right? I think you just have to be careful with your expectations around the scale of that benefit to the artists, right? So people like Live Nation, people in the industry on the business side of things, they are going to see a much larger share of the benefit than I think artists will, at least at the beginning, right? I think as we move into this new era where streaming is just now kind of just the essential and most fundamental way for people to listen to music in society, I think when we move towards that model, that's when we might see some better share of the benefit for... Yeah. Sorry, increased share of the benefit for artists, right? The other thing that it's going to do is it will provide increased competition, I think, amongst artists because people are now being, instead of having to really focus most of your efforts on, on you know, you've got touring, so the live music aspect, you've got streaming right now, okay? Then on top of that, you've got things like Beatport and other methods like that. I think as more users and more things become streaming based, even uh, live streams, right? Everything is moving towards the, the aspect of streaming music through the web. And I think that is going to increase competition because you're just having more users funneled into one 
area to capture a larger audience, right? So you've got users on the consumer end and then you've got the actual users who are the artists themselves of the streaming services and platforms when they're distributing music. I think there's going to be more competition, but also more opportunity at the same time. We just have to see, this is the only thing I do, you know, maybe it will be better in a way to have, I, I don't know, actually, I'm going to take that back. I wouldn't say it's necessarily better to have fewer uh, channels and platforms. But what I do worry about is that you're just going to see the major players really who are getting their boots settled in right now. They're going to be, you know, really putting down a, a flagpole and it's just going to be a few different major streaming services and platforms that people have to go to. I'm not sure how that's going to affect artists. I don't know if that's going to be better or worse for them. It could go either way at this point. It really depends how we set up the business model and also uh, your supplementary revenue streams for artists as well, such as, you know, is the demand for live music, is that going to keep on rising up at the same rate? Is it going to go down? How are the pricing models going to be changed within that? Are you now going to see live streaming, paid live streams now? Is that going to be a common thing? So these are so many different factors in terms of how it comes back to the effect of the artist. I think it's quite hard to tell right now, but we definitely need to be thinking about this ahead of time. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely have to keep an eye. And then just one last quote that I wanted to read from what Goldman Sachs said here. And I thought this was really, really fascinating. And I'm wondering if streaming services will really start to hone in on this avenue of consumption is, and I'll quote, Meanwhile, we believe YouTube is particularly well-placed to capture the growing usage and monetization of music videos yes. through both advertising and subscriptions. So with that quote right there, obviously Goldman Sachs is seeing some really, really great promise with YouTube and the way that they're focusing on music videos, but you don't really see that with Apple Music and you don't really see that with Spotify, right? The, this well, focus now, on- Now they're moving into it. Music though. videos. They're getting into it now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like we you can also kind of start to see that with Spotify, especially because you'll see that like, you know, when you're listening to a song, graphics will play that were designed by the artists and their management uh, that go along with that song, right? So I feel like they're kind of like, dipping their toes into the water to have moving pictures with music on an otherwise kind of static screen so maybe they'll take that plunge in the in the coming years to include music videos now that that you can consume you know what's interesting is i think they're delaying that for a bit because they're focusing so much on podcasts right now right spotify is mm. i think spotify see themselves and they're, they're in a fight with youtube already by the way i mean they've stolen joe rogan 100 million dollar deal and also they're bringing <laughs> that means also the videos by the way too for youtube so now you will be yeah. able to watch the videos of the joe rogan podcast on spotify right that's what's yeah. going to happen when he moves over to the platform and they've done that for i can't remember but most of the top most of the top uh podcasts that have come up on apple podcasts now have exclusive licensing agreements with spotify so i feel like they're taking a chunk away from youtube right there and just seeing that maybe right now is it the best time to try challenge them on the music video front they have the podcasting is it's small but if they own and operate that space they can really grow that out and i think they're putting a heavier bet right now on podcasting being the the horse to back for them currently i don't think i think that's going to mm. change but i think they see that as a battle that they're most likely going to win and to be honest are winning right now whereas youtube yeah. needs to be more worried about in terms of music video content obviously you should be worried about spotify for the future but more immediately concerned with twitch right i'm not gonna lie i feel like twitch has been huge for especially edm streams like people are really going on there and the fact that you've got the gaming community so locked in 
on Twitch, it's going to be interesting, man. It's basically going to be like, where do people prefer to watch these live streams or watch these monetized virtual festivals? Is it going to be YouTube or is it on Twitch? Right now, I'm not going to lie. I'd prefer to go onto Twitch. Twitch is so much better for those kinds of things, man. YouTube kind of has the same functionality as Twitch, except the chat feature in YouTube is much worse than it is on Twitch. Like the Twitch community is so much better and I'm sure Twitch does some heavy, heavy moderation, has some filters set up for the comments that are allowed to pass through as compared to YouTube. So I definitely think that from an overall experience of consumption, Twitch has the upper hand and it's just a matter of time uh, where where YouTube either has to play catch up real quick in order to retain that live streaming consuming audience or they're going to fall wayside in terms of the live streaming category. I would agree with that. I think that's a very, very good and sound point that you raised right there, Samir. I, I think that's a very good point. It's just going to be interesting to see how all these different players really battle this out, right? I think that's the. it's definitely a big fight that's coming. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I think just YouTube needs to up their game. I think they are seeing that yeah. they're, they're losing out slightly. They just need to up their game because... Remember, people like me, I mean, it makes no sense. Like, for instance, I should just be using Twitch on my PlayStation, right? I mean, that's just a... Yeah. It, it just shows. As OTT, meaning you use uh, devices like that to gain access to the internet and watch it on devices which you normally wouldn't, for instance, a TV. OTT usage is also increasing hugely as with connected TV, meaning uh, Hulu, Sling, Netflix is kind of... A, technically i guess included into the connected tv category but anywhere where you can watch tv you know you put it over the top it's literally called over the top of another um yeah media streaming device as that increases it's just going to be like okay who has the better application for that right like does youtube have a better in you know app that comes in with some samsung models and then will twitch be developing theirs and how will that integrate so I think that's going to be a major factor too in terms of music video consumptions. People use other devices to start watching YouTube videos. Uh, sorry, to start watching music videos. Damn, what an interesting time right? that we have coming it? up here. Yeah. These next, it's a very these next 10 time. years are going to be fun. And uh, we'll <laughs> be here. We'll be here with you guys. You know, we'll, we'll be podcasting and letting you guys know what's going on uh, in terms of the music industry. Yes, we will. But Samir, yeah. we've got one thing that we've got to talk about. You've got a gripe to get off of your chest, okay? This is the anti-plur moment, and my man Samir yet again coming through with the heat. Yeah, thank you, Alec. I, I appreciate what's that. What's been grinding your gears? Dude, let me just... I want to hype you up a bit. Get you like, what's been pissing Dude, you off, man? Let me just, what's been let me just sit you? back. You know like how a therapist's office, like they have like that nice couch where, where people kind of lay out. <laughs> um, I, I got to talk about something, dude. I got to get something off my chest, okay? You, every week, you don't see Alec and I going onto our Twitter and saying, like this, retweet this, if we should drop the next episode of Beyond the Beats, all right? Tag five friends if we should, you know, release this or that. So why the hell are big name DJs doing this shit right now where they go on Twitter or they go on Instagram and they post something? And I'm talking big name, you know, type A DJs. And we'll talk about some other, I guess, if you want to call it tiers of popularity for other DJs, right? But why are these big name DJs doing this where they're always like, you know, retweet this if we should drop this set or track or remix? Like, homie, you're posting this because you were going to do this anyways. Like, you're just doing this in order to kind of play <laughs> up the algorithm for social media, get your name into more people's feeds. But you're already a huge big name DJ. 
Like, I don't know, Alec. I don't know about you. But for me, moves like that, like when I see really, really big names doing this, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, you really, really need to be doing this right now. Like, you're at this massive level. You played the biggest festivals. All right. You're touring all around the world, playing your music, making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And you're asking people to retweet your tweet if you should drop a track. What are you doing, homie? Come on, have a little bit of self-respect. Like you don't really need to be doing this kind of nonsense. And I and I <laughs> and I mean this for like the big name DJs. Look, if you're a mid-tier or you're below, you're just starting off, you're a bedroom producer, I get it. Alec and I get it. All right. We're working on getting our brand out there. We're working on getting our show to more ears. And we understand the hustle and we understand the grind, right? It's not easy. And really, like, I have all the respect for people who grind at this stuff and who are really trying to get their name out there and really putting out some quality music. And, you know, before they release that quality music or that quality set, they want to drum up some hype. They want to get into other people's feeds. It totally makes sense. I get that. But when I see big name DJs doing those same sorts of tactics, come on, man, you're in a private jet working on music while the kid who really should be doing this is in his dorm room working on a laptop that's like 10 years old do you really think they're the ones doing it though do you really think that they are the ones that are doing it well what what do you mean by that because i, I mean i'm sure it's it's happening from like their social media managers or like you know their right. management but that's what i'm saying hey, like here's the thing if i was a big name dj and i and i had like a social media manager who was like doing this kind of stuff on twitter or instagram i'd be like could you not do that like it's just it's just kind of a cheap move in my opinion for these big names to be doing this well i i wouldn't disagree with you there but i think you have to look at kind of the interested parties and what their motivation would be for instance the social media manager might be part of an agency where they're going to get more clout or more pay if they get more awareness around a particular track or a particular uh, thing that they're promoting and it's essentially just a metrics thing to be like look we got all of this new following for you we got all of this you know uh, whatever types of branding metrics you want. We got X amount of impressions on these different posts. Like that's what I'm saying yeah. is I feel like, yeah, I, I, I do judge it a little bit, but I also feel like it might be just some other people taking advantage of them. I don't know. It might be them convincing them it's a good idea that they need it. And it's really what, no, I agree with you. You don't need to be doing that at that level. You already have enough yeah. people. So it might be some type of, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a second party interest involved there or rather third party. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a bit of a cheap tactic. I just wonder, I just wonder how much really some of those big name DJs, like if you're, are you talking about big, big, big level? Like what level? Like, I know you don't want to name I don't names. Want to name so I'm names. just trying to figure out like, so, ba- who, so maybe I'll cut it know. out, but I'm talking about people like, and I'm talking even people yeah. above his level. So the people at the level that you're talking about, I feel like they may not even know what's going on in their own social I, media I've, feeds after time. Well, I completely agree with you that, you know, big name DJs are definitely very hands off with their social media, right? They have a whole team running that. I do agree with that. You just, you, it's, but you just can't be completely unaware of what's being posted from your accounts. Oh, no, I don't think they're unaware from, I think they're just non, they're not being cognizant of it, meaning they're not really thinking about it. Like it's there and they're like, okay, whatever, sure go with it. I've got better things to focus on. I think it's one of those type of situations with some of the big name DJs. There might be some that are really about it. Obviously you don't know, but I would have to, I would have to venture to guess that there are situations there where like, you know, you, you, if you're not on, if you're not a social media person, yeah. right, 
but you are someone in that kind of status. You're going to have people telling you you need to be on social media. And so what you're going to do is delegate it. Therefore, with everything that goes to them, you're not really going to be paying that close attention, I don't think, to the execution all the time. You're like, just come back to me with the numbers and whatever. So I think they're aware sometimes that this is happening and their managers and uh, PR teams, whoever might be running it for them, are employing these type of tactics. I just don't know if they're really thinking through it. And then you're going to have other people, other DJs who are definitely involved and are probably doing it themselves. Right. So there's almost two types yeah. of people I think that could be partaking in this. So I want to give some people benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, you know, just with any decision with it, just be on top of your stuff. If this is not happening to, if you're not doing this cognizantly, like you're not actually going and saying, this is, I approve of this. This is a really the best way to get about, you know, building my brand and continuing it, getting traction for whatever you're promoting if you are just like kind of hands off for that and just being like, ah, whatever, it will just work. Don't do it because I think a lot of people find it really cheesy and you should crack down on your team for doing that. Yeah. Because they're probably also trying to jip you off. But yeah, totally, man. Hot take on that. Last no, I, I love your I love your hot takes, dude. I love it. Spicy. EDM champions, let us know what you guys think. If you guys are sick and tired of this behavior like I am, let us know. Tweet at us. All right. Tweet at us at podbtb we're also on instagram at btb.pod we have our website beyondthebeats.co guys we got so much great information on there we got the show notes for this episode all the articles that we talked about all the music that we just discussed it's going to be right up in there but guys we also got we got all this great information on the artists that we're watching on the artist spotlights we got playlists up there it's a good time head on over let us know what you think And then, of course, you can email us, connect at beyondthebeats.co. We're always open to chit-chatting. Let us know how you're doing and the music that you're listening to. All right, my man, definitely. We've got the last two sections here flying through this episode. But before we get into the what are we listening to section, that is, of course, the section where we rate and review two tracks, EPs or albums. And this week, we've got two tracks to review and give a rating on. Before we do that, for all the new EDM champions, thank you for joining us. I know you're out there. We see you. Can you please explain to them, Samir, what our very unique rating scale is? Absolutely. Here on Beyond the Beats, we have our very own unique rating scale, and it ranges from levels one through five. Level one is what we call one listen. It's where you listen to a track and you're probably never ever gonna listen again, but you're encouraging other people to give it a listen. Level two is what we call background noise. It's when a song comes on, it's playing in the background, you're not gonna really do anything with it, you might be doing other things, you're not too bothered by it, but it's there to keep you company. Level three is what we call turn it up. It's when a song comes on, you grab the volume knob and you turn it up. Level four is what we call just bought tickets. It's when you listen to a piece of music, you listen to an artist and you immediately look up the next time that they're coming to your town and you gotta buy those tickets. And level five is speechless. It's just you and the music. The song transports you into another world and literally leaves you speechless. So to recap, level one is one listen, level two is background noise, level three is turn it up, level four is just bought tickets, and level five is speechless. Let's get back to it. Okay, thank you, Samir. Everyone, I hope you got your notebooks out and you're ready to write down your ratings reviews as you go along. And remember, you can always tweet at us. You can say something nice, like I agree with your decision, or you can be a bit mean if you are, but not too mean. I have sensitive feelings. I, I do. Alec get is a quite sensitive guy. He's sometimes. gotten more sensitive. I'm a yeah. sensitive guy. Yeah, don't don't upset me. 
Be make me. I'll I'll, I'll come back sad <laughs> next time. Just keep me happy. Anyhow, <laughs> let's go. Let's move into it. We've got Oliver Eldon's teaming up with <laughs> Rowetta. So I think you got it. it. I I think you got it, man. Rowetta. Yeah. All right, we'll do it live. Um, Rave Machine. Uh, so to be talk to talk about Rave Machine, the new Oliver Heldens track uh, with Rowetta. I'm a huge Oliver Heldens fan. All right, I, I love him. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I was actually supposed to be seeing him right now as we're currently speaking to you into the microphones. This track, Rave Machine, it didn't do it for me, man. It didn't. It didn't really do it for me. I felt like this this mm. structure was very is very very similar to some of his previous releases. There's really nothing that fresh about it. While the second drop of this song is certainly more exciting than the first drop, I'll definitely give give it that. I really just kind of felt like it was just another Oliver Heldens track. Like we we established on last week's episode that not every single song needs to be groundbreaking, but not also not every single song should sound like a bunch of your other previous releases, especially in the structure of how it sounds, right? And that you really, really get that from the drop. Yeah, man, I could see what you're talking about there. It's It really does sound a little bit more cut and dry, copy and paste, as you said. Just saying, it's almost like he played it very safe within his own sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. It just didn't excite me that much. It was like, okay, it was like, ah, it's all right. You know, it didn't excite me too, too much. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, it's really not that exciting. And it's a real shame because this was also released on Tool Room Records, which is Mark Knight's label, which I'm a massive, mm. massive fan of, especially for Tech House. And this is actually Oliver Heldens first release on Tool Room. So pretty big deal here, right? Oliver Heldens is a really big name, but this, you know, to see Oliver Heldens kind of releasing a track on Tool Room is pretty amazing. But it's just a shame that the debut release that he has on that label just it wasn't anything original. It wasn't anything that exciting. So, yeah, th- those are my thoughts there on Oliver Heldens' Rave Machine. All right, fair enough. I, I would say I'm there with you. I think we're pretty aligned with this one, actually. How about this one, all though? Right. Okay, Dead Mouse coming out into the main stream, all right? Because he's teaming up with Pharrell, Chad, Hugo, the Neptunes for a song called Pomegranate. I will be perfectly honest. I was not that big into this song. I liked it. I thought it was good. It's one of those ones where it's kind of just more neutral for me, though. I didn't really have too much of a feeling either way. I think he was trying to pull off a Daft Punk type of move here, going to the radio, getting that Daft Punk radio type of sound with Pharrell Williams there. Uh, sorry, for with Pharrell. But it just, I don't know. How, how about you, man? Dude, I loved it. I really like this song a lot. And <laughs> he did. Yeah, I thought I thought it was super fun. I thought it was super danceable. And that's exactly what you kind of want right now, especially in this time of year. And I don't mean that like with COVID-19. I mean it's like literally summertime. The sun is peering through the window <laughs> right next to me. It's absolutely gorgeous out. And this song really sets the vibe and it really, really sets the mood. Yeah, man. I'm just not as about this. You know, I, I can I can't I'm struggling to see as much where you're coming from here. Alex. It's just nothing that 
much for me. I liked it, but didn't like love. Maybe it will grow on me. Perhaps it will grow. I think on it needs me. to grow on you, man. Yeah, I think it needs to grow on you. Maybe for me, I'll just keep. I'll keep playing it on repeat. See what happens. There you go. For me, I gave it a listen, and I and I, from the first listen, I really really enjoyed it. I love Pharrell's voice. I, I think he sounds absolutely amazing right. in every single song that he that he's in. And while Dead Mouse's production really wasn't like front and prominent, like we didn't really get his progressive house sound like his more raw progressive house sound like no. I, I feel like people sometimes make this mistake of constantly comparing his music to that of songs like strobe right and i i agree i would agree with that and that's yeah. not necessarily fair to him because you know an artist can have a wide breadth and a wide range right and in this case while dead mouse's production like i said wasn't prominent the whole song as a package was really really fun very very danceable and it makes you want to move I do agree with you on how people do tend to compare his tracks with very famous progressive house tracks when he, especially when he's going in a different direction. I disagree with that. It's just, I'm just not as about the execution of this. I feel like there's just something a bit missing from the production side here Alec. of it. I mean, I love Pharrell. I don't get me wrong, but I just, I, I'm sorry. I can't be about this on you. Maybe it'll grow on me. I'll keep playing it and trying it. But currently it is just not quite there Alec, oh, pomegranates so are rich in antioxidants okay my man like you can't <laughs> you can't be hating pomegranates right now or pomegranate in this case but dude let's move into it all right okay here we go what did you think of all reheldens and rowetta the song is called rave machine what did you think this might be an unpopular opinion here but i'm going to give this a level two out of five background noise didn't quite make it to the turn it up stage this is something that i'm perfectly fine having on in the background it's going to be something that's just there nothing that i'm going to be reaching over to the volume knob to try turn it up try piss off the neighbors not going to be doing that with this track i'd certainly pick a different one if i was trying to piss them off so that's really the reason why i'm giving that a level two how about you man yeah dude uh i'm actually right there with you it's a level two out of five background noise for me as well. Look, if this song comes on, it's on. Cool. Not a big deal. Uh, but this is definitely like, in my opinion, uh, you know, I've been DJing a little bit more and this is definitely not a song that I'm going to drop in a set. I'm just not that passionate about it. I'm not going to turn it up and I, I'm not going to give it a one listen though either because it's not like it's such a bad song where you never want to hear it again, but it's a background noise and that's where I'm sticking to with this one. Right. Yeah. Well, fair enough, but we've got, Dead Mouse now coming in with Neptunes, Pharrell, and Chad Hugo, all teaming up for Pomegranate. Samir, I'll let you take this away. What are you gonna give it, my man? Yeah. So for this track, I'm gonna have to give this one a turn it up. This is a really, really fun song Very to nice. listen to while you're driving down the road. Okay, you're gonna grab the volume knob, turn it up. But also, like Alec and I always say. We think about these songs in a vacuum. And while I would totally go see yes. Dead Mouse live in general, this song as it stands by itself is not a song where it's imploring me to want to go buy tickets the next time he's touring and he comes to my city. So that's where I'm at with this one over here. This is a this is a turn it up for me, level three out of five. Alec, what'd you think? This is a weird week for me, man. I'm going to be awfully down in this section. I'm going to go and give this another uh, level two out of five there, a background noise it, it, it is just kind of as the name entails more of a background noise for me i enjoy it in the background i think it's kind of pleasant to listen to but it's just nothing that i'm going to uh get in a, a craze about when it when it plays nothing that i'm going to be going around dancing to all crazily i will give it another shot though i will continue to listen to it we'll see i would appreciate Perhaps that it will grow on me yeah who knows 
Yeah, just for you, man. Just for you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. So I think we can agree to disagree a little bit there on the Dead Mouse track. Um, but I think we're otherwise quite aligned when it comes to Oliver Heldon. So definitely sorry, everyone, for being a bit more down on the, uh, this week's artist. We're, uh, you know, what we're listening to, sorry, in this section. Definitely apologies for that. However, I'm ready to get back into the good vibes, right? Switching over to positive vibes only. Come on, everyone knows you've got to be all about the vibes here. Alec That's what is we're doing on the this vibe podcast, king. Okay, he's the vibe king. Come on. <laughs> I love how that's become associated. Like people probably just like this guy just must be chilling out with his, you know, hippie style clothing. That's just that's not quite me, but I do enjoy incense and essential oils. <laughs> I will say, I have become much more of a fan. I, the West Coast has done it to me, man. It absolutely has. But without further ado. Welcome everyone to the last section of the Beyond the Beats podcast. It is, of course, the artists we're watching section where we have two fantastic artists that need to be on your radar. So make sure after this, you give them a follow, you subscribe to whatever channel they're distributing their music on and you pay attention to them because they're going to be doing some big, big things that already are actually doing some big, big things. Rightio, Samir, I'm going to bring it back on. And who wants to go first this week? Dealer's choice, Alec. You you pick. I think because we have very different sounds this week. So it's very interesting. It might be quite jarring. So perhaps I think you should go first. Get people a bit amped up. Get the energy up and I'll bring them back down with my pick. Dude, I love that thought. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling on this one. Alec and my fellow EDM champions, what's up? Guys, this is the best part about the sh- this is the best part of the show in my opinion. Super excited to be sharing my artist that I'm watching this week and it is Stouty. S T O U T T Y. Okay? Great name. Thank you. And 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 usually I'm I you know, I'm talking about these artists and I find them like through SoundCloud. But here's the beauty of what's happening in today's EDM scene, right? We have all these live streams that are happening, some from really really big promoters and some from some smaller promoters. And this one is from EDM Train. They just had a live stream on May 22nd, centered all around bass music. So you guys already know what you're about to get with Stouty. Get ready to headbang because this is his song, Be Right Back. Take a listen. Uh, wait a minute. In case I've got to call you, what is your phone number? Rossmo 555. Rossmo 555. We'll be right back. Then this word. We'll be right back. Then this word. Hello. Man. I was saving my reaction to tell you on the uh, podcast, uh, so I wanted to give it to you live because, wow, this is this is heavy. I was, Samir was like, wow, you brought out the cannon. I've been going balls. heavier, dude. This week. Whew. 
Yeah, I could tell. You've been getting gradually so getting back. You went a little bit light there for a minute. But it's summer, my man. What are you doing? No, it's not dark. I know. What, I know. What's going on? I know. I don't know what's going what's on going with on me, man. Like, life? it's all these good vibes outside. It's all these white claws that I'm drinking. But then, you know, once all that is gone, it, it turns to nighttime. I'm ready to headbang. And that's exactly what you're going to get from Stouty. Super pumped up to be talking about this guy. And what I really, really like about this song is that it really builds up tension really well. Like, it kind of fakes you out with the drop and then it gets into another buildup and then it really drops. But that vocal sample that he uses, absolutely amazing. Like it's hilarious. He peppers it in perfectly. It breaks up the track really nicely, but the whole song kind of has like this phone call theme to it, right? And he uses those sounds of like a phone call, like an old school phone, and he peppers it in again all throughout the track where it really just, the theme it plays on is super well executed. And that's why I like this song. And his production is absolutely amazing too. Like it's not too grimy and distorted. It's perfect. You know exactly what you're hearing when you hear it. And I think Stoudy really accomplishes his version of bass music extremely well. This guy has also done a collab with Riot 10 and they both released a track on Dimmock Records, which is Steve Aoki's record label. Not only that, he has a release on Jungle Terror, which is WeWax label. So you already know that we're working with some serious talent that has been noted, but is still fully deserving of everyone's attention out there. And you know what, guys? You already know where to get the links to his SoundCloud and his Instagram. It's in the show notes on the website, beyondthebeats.co. You got to head over there because Stouty is well-deserving of everyone's attention, especially if you're into headbanging. So that's my artist that I'm watching this week. Alec, flipping it back to you, my friend. Who you got for us? Oh, we're going to lighten up the vibes right now, as you can hear in the background. Thank you, Samir, for taking this dark, dirty, and heavy. But I tell you, I'm about to bring a smile back onto your face just with some incredible vocals from none other than Charlie Bricks. Take a listen, revel in it, feel your spirit lifted out of your body with this track, okay, everybody? This is Charlie Bricks teaming up with QZB on the decks, on the production in the studio, making these sick beaks for the song called Kintsugi. Dude, 
this is why I love this section of this podcast. It's because I'm always hearing some new sounds that I never thought were ever, ever like able to be done. Like that's what I love about what Charlie Bricks did with this song here, Kintsugi. One thing that I that I think is overplayed a lot is that you know when when you have vocals, there's always like that pitched down layer underneath the vocals, and I sometimes think that that sound is super overplayed. But the way that it's executed in this song makes it so incredibly haunting and so incredibly gripping. Like the whole song from beginning to end, very, very well done. Alec, I know you're really getting to some more liquid DMB these days. What's going on? How did you how did you come across her? Well, first of all, I've I, I've known of Charlie Bricks for a while. She's quite a um, a vocalist that's very heavy into the DNB scene and always has been, even from a younger age. So I've I've just been aware of her for a while, being a, vo- a lead vocalist on a bunch of amazing DNB tracks, and she's done some awesome stuff in the liquid realm too. But bending over to different genres. However, for this one, it's definitely got more of that liquid sound to it. You know, there's almost uh, it's it's just got it's got the it's got the liquid sound, but the feeling of progressive, mm, if you know what I mean. Nice. It's got that just really slow build up of the vocals, really hauntingly beautiful, but it drops into a liquid DB one. So it combines kind of the best aspects, or sorry, I shouldn't say the best, but one of the most enticing aspects of progressive, uh, where you hear kind of those long buildups with the vocals, you're breaking into a really uplifting drop, but you hear that with this liquid track. So shout out to QZB for that, because I mean, they're, they're doing an awesome job, by the way. But I really wanted to talk about Charlie Bricks because she is someone that is really making a dent in the DB scene through being a vocalist. She's also a DJ, but predominantly just a vocalist on it. And she's been in, I believe, at the DB ever since the age of something like 14. So she's just known for her whole career and whole time, you know, basically practically her whole entire life on this planet. She's known that she is going to go out there and be one of the best vocalist for edm i'd say in general not just for dmb i know she was a big dmb head hopefully i would love to hear on some house tracks too she might have done a mm. couple not entirely sure but would love to hear that on some house music she just has incredible an incredible voice but the other thing i really wanted to talk about with this track is the name has actual meaning behind oh, it let's believe let's that? hear Actually, it man it's a track yeah. that has real meaning okay so it is Kintsugi, I'm, I'm probably am pronouncing that wrong. It's also known apparently in, in English as golden joinery. Okay, it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer, dusted, or, mist, or, or mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. Okay, so it's it's really a philosophy here. It's it's really treating. Uh, every, it's almost like a, I, I guess maybe in Western terms, it's like your scars right that you have when it, it, it treats your scars it's like it's like saying if you are broken you're not forever broken it can be mended it can be repaired gently and then that becomes a part of your history right so i think yeah. it's quite a philosophical song in a way and it really gives even more depth and meaning to the vocals when you know that there is meaning behind the name and that it's it's mirroring what the vocals are and vice versa so i wanted to point that out there because i thought that was i love it when they have attention to detail even when it comes to the naming of the track as well as the vocals and the lyrics themselves and i thought this was a beautifully done track yeah it's just haunting at times in all the best ways but uplifting at the same time too totally man this is just an absolutely amazing addition to our show for episode 61 i'm really really into charlie bricks she just has i've got to send you some sets Please man do. if you like this type of sound i can send Please you some do. sets there's some uh, there's so many other people out there that do amazing you know stuff like this it's really cool so I, I've, I've always wanted to see 
you know, uh, I mentioned him at the top, LSB. Yeah. Always wanted to see him live, but never have. And I never even really listened to sets in there. They're spectacular. Nice. They're magical. Oh, I love that, man. Thank you so much for introducing us to Charlie Bricks here on episode 61 of Beyond the Beats, EDM Champions. Let's let's talk, you and I, real quick, eye to eye, all right? If you're enjoying the show, please do not forget to leave a rating and review in your podcasting platform. Hit subscribe. All those little actions, they go a very, very long way in helping us reach a wider audience. And by the way, if we're sounding a little bit better to you, if we're coming across into your ears a little <laughs> bit nicer, if you could say a this. little bit smoother, it's because Alec and I have just upgraded our microphone. So we're super, yes. super excited to see what we're able to do with these bad boys. We hope we sound really great to you guys or even better than we normally do. So let us know your feedback. Feel free to tweet at us. It's at podbtb. We're also on Instagram. It's at btb.pod. Thank you, man. Definitely. I- I'm very excited to see what the feedback was and... You know, I, I could just say from the almost administrative standpoint of recording a podcast, or rather I could say the logistical standpoint, having these microphones makes things a lot easier. Yeah. And just, you know, not only is it higher quality, it's just easier of a setup. You don't have to worry as much about the ambient, you know, noise going and background noise going in the in the background there. So I really, really appreciate the fact that we have upgraded to these. It makes it a lot better. Well, one thing I do I do really want to say, and I think this is kind of like an overarching theme just in general, if you guys are planning to get into a creative endeavor, whether it be podcasting like what we're doing or you're an artist, it's not about how much money you spend on the tools that you have. It's what you do with the tools that you yes. already have in your possession, right? Like we, from the get-go, Alec and I could have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on equipment, right? You know, in the beginning, we were just, it's a hobby, right? And we had these microphones on hand and we really wanted to test the limits and see what we were able to do with them. And I think that the blue microphones that we had were, they were pretty great, man. Like we really made the most of them. But, you know, as we progress in the show and we have bigger guests and we want to increase the quality of the show for you guys as well, we realized that the next step was to upgrade our microphones and, like I said, the blue microphones served us very well. We barely spent any money on them, but we spent a, a pretty penny on these new microphones and we're hoping to really <laughs> test them and push them to the limits. But no matter your budget, you can always start a creative endeavor. It's just a matter of making the tools that you have in your possession work to the best of their ability. Very well said, man. Very well said. Thank you, man. But all right, that's enough from us. Episode 62 will be in your ears next week, next Thursday. But until then, EDM champions... Take those hands, walk them over to the bathroom, run them under the faucet, and wash them real good. See you later.